Come on, let's give it up for the Lord tonight. I, I, <laughs> Lord God. Father God, we're so thankful that you are on the throne. You are in control and you are going to do what you want to do, period. There is no one that can stop you, no one greater, no one higher. And I'm so glad that I serve you, Jesus. I'm so glad that your Holy Spirit is within me where every place that I go, every place I set my foot, I can claim for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you are in us. Help us to establish that. Help us to establish in our hearts the power, the passion, the authority that we have in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the darkness thereof. Father God, we step into that and we say, in the name of Christ, come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm looking forward to this week, too. Thank you for allowing me to come back two weeks. I thought after the first week I, wouldn't, I would be getting a call saying don't come back, but this is my home church. This is where my wife and I dock with our family. This is where we're at, period, when I'm home, off the road, and it's so good to be at home in our home church, being able to preach. Uh, a few years ago, I was in San Francisco, California, and I went down there. We ministered in the inner cities of San Francisco. And I don't, how many have ever been, like, in a ministry, like an inner city ministry, where you're not allowed to preach, you can't really share the gospel, but you pass out sandwiches and you become Christ in flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We went down and we were with an organization that says, whatever you do, you can preach when the time comes, but you can't carry your Bibles. We don't do that. We don't preach on the streets like everybody else. We hand out food. We give out food. We love on people. And so we did. We had brought a team down from, uh, it was back in uh, Grand Rapids First Assembly when I was there from 01 to 09. And we're down there. We're having a great time. And I had about maybe 27 to 35 people with me. We're sleeping on a bus that's camouflaged on the streets where all the crack addicts are and everybody. Now, the bus is there like you can't see it. You can see it. But I'm just saying that's what it looks like. It's all camouflaged like nobody can see you. A little pot of john thing, you know, port of john potty thing. You got to get off the bus, do your thing, get back on the bus. And you have to sit up in the front seat and take shifts. How many track with me so far? kind of a nasty place, San Francisco, okay? But then we went down to the place called Asbury Park where Janis Joplin and all the street leaves are brown, all the sky is gray, and they were smoking dope everywhere. How many know what I'm talking about? It's called the, the hippie movement thing, all right? We were in the park, and we're going through the park, and my whole team's with me, and all of a sudden, some of them decided to go out and split up a little bit and go and minister to different parts of the park. And I'm like, listen, it's all cool, but we got to meet back, blah, 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 blah. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm a percussionist, so they had, they had the congas. And, and I'm looking at these congas, and the guy goes, hey, man, you want to play? And I, was, I mean, long hair, big old beers, and I was like, yeah, dude. Now, they're smoking dope right there. And I'm getting in there. I'm getting in the groove. All of a sudden, man, I'm playing like a banshee. I mean, it's like, Woo! I'm doing it, right? I'm, I think I'm probably getting high because of all the fumes and stuff. I, I never smoked a joint in my life, never. I tried it one time, it didn't work out, and I thought, okay, God, you're protecting me. How many know what I'm talking about, okay? It's a long story. Put it in backwards, burn my tongue, everything happened. It was wrong. It was wrong. And it was like, it was like God just went like this. <laughs> and it was horrible. And um, I couldn't talk for a couple of days like this. And so... I'm sitting there, I'm playing the congas, and all of a sudden, man, I'm like, whoa, all the leaves are brown, all the leaves are brown, and I can't see nobody. All of a sudden, everything's blurry, and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, man, we're missing Andrew. Andrew, we cannot find Andrew. I said, well, wait a minute, how long, man, you've been here for 40 minutes, dog. I, you, I'm like, 40 minutes? 
It was over, man. They pull me out of the park. I go look for Andrew. I'm looking all over the place. And I'm trying to find him. We're scurrying everywhere in this part. Now we're outside the park. We're back in the city. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking. And all of a sudden I look and somebody says, man, you got to come here quick. I just found out Andrew and he's not in a good place. Now I'm thinking, listen, I'm a youth pastor, okay, but I'm not dumb. I'm a good youth pastor. I've always been a good youth pastor. But I'm thinking this one's going to get me in trouble. Because if I lost a kid, how many of you know when you lose a kid, you parents aren't happy? You know, you get back and it's like, man, I'm really sorry, but, you know, we lost your son. and You know, it's going to happen. And then you get labeled, you're just a dumb youth pastor, you don't have any. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so anyways, I go and I said, where is he at? And they said, he's in the leper colony. I'm like, he's in the what? Now, I'm still thinking I'm hearing like I'm high or something, but I'm not high. But I'm just thinking, did you say le- leper colony? They said he's in a leper colony. I said, what is that? They said he's over here. And it's where all these people, literally, there's a little colony, the leprosy. All kinds of disease, stuff's falling off. I'm telling you, hands, they got, they got all kinds of boils and everything. And in the middle of that crowd, there's a whole crowd. In the middle of the crowd, I hear this, give me, give me your other foot. Give me your other foot. And I'm thinking, oh, snap. And there's my boy, Andrew. And he's down on his knees, and he has a basin. I have no idea where he got the stuff. He's got a basin, soapy water, man. He's got towels, and there's one leper after another. They're lined up. They're just sitting there, and, and they're like, like this, and he's washing their feet. And I pushed through the crowd. I'm amazed. All of a sudden, God came over me, man. And I got so high in the spirit because I was like, God, he's doing, he's doing exactly like we taught. Go figure. He's, he's doing exactly what he has seen and he has heard and what his parents have instilled and what his life is. If I mentioned his kid's last name, many of you would know. He was from Tri-Unity Christian School. I'm telling you, he was one of my rock-solid kids, and there he is washing feet in San Francisco of the dirtiest of dirty. I said to him, I said, Andrew, hey, you want some, <clears throat> you want some, you want some gloves? Oh, no, no, PR, I got this man. I'm serious, this is him. I'm so humbled right now. He's crying. All of a sudden, I'm crying. He's crying. He's got this big head of hair. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he's washing. He's washing and washing. He's just crying. He's loving. He's praying for them. And as he's praying for them, there are people literally getting healed while their feet are in this bucket. And uh, it's amazing. It's just amazing. That's great that you applaud because some of you understand what I'm saying. He's in a place where he knew the Christ inside of him. When you know what's inside of you, you'll do things that are out of the ordinary. You'll do things so extraordinary, you'll be like, oh, my goodness. Uh, why are you doing this? I don't know. Jesus just told me to. Why are you paying it forward? Why are you doing this? Because Jesus told me to. I was never more proud of anybody in my life. I looked at him and said, Andrew, what are you doing? He says, I'm doing exactly what you've preached. I'm doing exactly what you said. I'm doing exactly what you've commissioned in our lives. And it's Christ. It's not me. It's Christ. We got out of there later, and the testimonies that came out of that thing of our kids that were skeptical, our kids that were very, very on the border, on the edge, they were looking to do stuff that week because they wanted to outdo Andrew. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen because it was a moment. It was a God moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We read it last week. I'm going to read it again. This is where we're going for the next 27 minutes. I want to talk to you about the person inside. Week two, it's, it's literally straight up to something greater. Something greater than us is here. Something greater than us is here. How many have ever been in a place where you have felt oppression of a spirit? You've, I mean, you felt it. You're, it's heavy. It's like, I want to talk about Jesus, but you go to talk and it's like, oh, man. 
man, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. And then something riles up inside of you. This happened to us Tuesday night. I was in a meeting Tuesday night at a place locally. We're doing ministry, and there was such an oppression, such an oppression. I sat there, and I, thought, I felt like the Satan had wrapped his legs around and was sitting on my neck. It was so heavy. It was all negative. Everybody had something stupid to say, and all of a sudden one person gets up and says, I'm a believer, man. This ain't right in here. And the temperature changed. <sighs> she said, I have Christ in me. I don't care what all you think. You have talked about anti-this, God, no, God, this, that, this, liberalist, liberalist, boom, boom, boom. I'm telling you right now, God is going to change this temperature in the name of Jesus. I was like, <sighs> I said, oh, my gosh. Whew. And it lightened. How many have ever been there? When you have that type in you, Man, there ain't no demon going to stand around you. There's nobody going to make fun of your face. I'll tell you a story later. I'm telling you about a young lady up in Cedar Strings in my youth ministry out of Rockford. It'll blow your mind. I hope I can remember. If I don't, just go, hey, trailer. Just go like that. Just go, just say trailer. That'll help me remember. Because you're getting older. Sometimes you forget where. Is this Red's life? Sure. Okay. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again. But we are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, somebody say this, out of my mind. I don't mind being out of my mind. Now, your wife might not like it, but you know what I'm saying, guys? Guys, you, you might not like it. You might, my wife is out of her mind. Hey, women, good. Just as long as you're out of your mind for the things of the Lord, you know what I'm saying? Don't be like coming home saying, I think I'm up. Don't do that, okay? We're out of our mind. And some say it's for God. And if we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live, watch, should, should no longer live for themselves. I no longer live for myself. I live for the things of God. Now, I know what you're saying, and we do get this. We get kind of selfish. We're like, I'm living for myself. It's all about me. I'm about to get mine. Be careful what you say. But it's no longer about ourselves, but it's about him who died for them and raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. This is what Andrew did. He didn't regard them as dirty, filthy. He regarded them as children of God. That are lost and need Jesus. And he became Christ in flesh. I'm telling you guys, it blew my mind. I'm, I'm still talking about it. And that happened literally probably 2002, 2003. It blows my mind what this kid did for the things of God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. We understand this. The old has come. The new is here. All of us, all this, excuse me, is from God who reconciled us. Anybody here reconciled? Anybody ever here? Is anybody here reconciled? Like, you thank God for the blood of the Lamb. How many of you are saved? You're saved here tonight. It'd be a good place to go. Woo, woo. When I'm in the inner city, I was telling somebody, when I'm in the inner city, I, I, I go a lot of times to the Hispanic. Uh, I go a lot of times to the Italian, the black, the Jews. It doesn't matter. I, I'm in the city. In the city's everybody. Asian, people that don't even know who they are. I'm just telling you, it's happening. Demoniac, people that are just not spirit filled, but they're filled with something. You know what I'm saying? Besides Krispy Kreme, it's gonna happen. And I'm, I'm going there, and, and, and I'm, as I'm ministering, I'm running into people that just, they don't have anything to say, but when they say something, it's like, what? 
A guy comes up to me, and this is in um, Philadelphia, again, another part of, no, it's, it's Pennsylvania, but it's another part of Pennsylvania. And he says to me, um, man, dude, it was awesome preaching. I love it, but, you know, I, I think I'm saved. I can quote you the whole book of Job. I was like, the whole book? I can quote the whole book. I said, okay. I said, brother, I, let me ask you a question. How you end up on the street? Well, I've had this and that. I lost my wife. I, I died of cancer. I cursed God. I lost my son. Died of cancer. I cursed God. My daughter was killed in a car accident. I cursed God. I've been cursing God ever since. But I was a former minister. And I said, Job. So he starts teaching. He starts speaking word for word, Job. I said, brother, man, you, you, it's as, as if you know. Like, are you saved? He goes, oh, no, I'm not going back to Jesus. And he looks at me. Here's what he says. And the voice changed. He goes, even the devil knows the word of God. I just went, mm. It's like we are in this playground of life that when we touch people and people begin to touch our lives, we don't know who they are and what they're doing yet. But if Christ is not welling up inside of you, how many know you can get distracted very easy? This reconciliation, this reconciled with us through Christ, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Oh, I love it. How many people know? How many have ever been around a story and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, dude, you remember when? And it's like, dude, I thought we forgot about that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, how about this one? How about this one? Mike, Mike, I can hear this one. Mike, hey, Mike, I remember, dude, we used, to, we used to hang and everything. Do you remember the time? And it's like, dude, shut up, man. Like, my boys are here. My sons are right here. And they're thinking, oh, come on, dude, do you remember? Shut up, dude. And that's when you put a little, like, loving bear hug on somebody, choke them out a little. I mean, just push them out a little bit. Because what happens is somebody's always there to remind you of the sins that you've done and the places you've been. It's not just the devil, but God sends, I mean, the devil sends people to mess you up. Why? To distract you. How many know you've had distractions in your life? Disease and cancer and depression and alcoholism and all kinds of addictions and stuff. And we get sidetracked from what Jesus has done in us, man. How he set us free, but the devil wants to rip you off. And I'm here to say this, don't let him rip you off. Don't give him the power. Don't give him the authority. Reconciliation. I've been reconciled by the king of kings, man. I no longer look like I used to look. I don't smell like I used to smell. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't walk like I used to walk. I walk in the blood of the lamb for the testimony on my lips is about Jesus. Woo! That'll fire you up a little bit. Come on, somebody give me a little woo-woo. I'm in the inner city. I can't always say amen. Even in churches, it's okay. Amen. People are like, amen. People, but inner city doesn't know amen. I got a friend who was preaching with me one time. He started off, and he's there, and he's, he's, he's vanilla. He's just vanilla. Been saved always like Pentecostal. And he's like, God said, amen, amen. Kids are looking around. We're Hispanic kids are looking there. Black kids are looking. Asian kids, Italian kids are like, what did he say? And all of a sudden, how many can give me an amen? Give me an amen. And I was like, oh, man. And all of a sudden, this little tiny kid stands up and he goes, excuse me, senor. Sir, when is he coming? My boy Doug's like, when is who coming? When is he coming? The man you're always talking about. And he says, I'm talking about Jesus. No, 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 no. Not Cristo. Not Jesus. 
But when is this a man's coming? Who is a man's? And when is he coming? When is he showing up? See, the city doesn't know a man. So when I tell the city, if you're full of Jesus and you love Jesus, give me a whoop, whoop. And they're all like, whoop, whoop. Every time you hit something, it's like, whoop, whoop. They go crazy. I, I, I cracked up. I'm like, I get up and I'm just like, hey, <laughs> amen. He coming sometime. The one little guy goes, oh, thank you, Lord, because I didn't know. <laughs> he messed me up. So I don't, oh, I don't do it anymore. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal. Watch this. As though God was making his appeal through us. See, what I love about being an ambassador with Jesus is I can walk into a place that has no clue. And all of a sudden you start to preach. You start to, it's not, listen, can I say this to you? You're going to preach about something. How many of you like sports? Six of you. Yeah, you're preaching about sports. How many of you like hunting, fishing? Right, you got a problem with guns right now. I know what's happening in the country. I ain't giving my gun up. I don't care. What are you saying? You're passionate, though. You're talking about the stuff you got mounted on the wall, and it's like this. My brother-in-law, ma'am, I got to love my brother-in-law, ma'am, but he shot a bear. That bear, I promise you, after they got done with the taxidermy, it was no bigger than his dog. And it was upright, and while it was upright, I'm only five foot six, five foot seven. I'm talking, I was as tall. I'm like, that ain't a bear. That's a cub, man. You shot a cub? No, man, it's a full bear. I'm like, no, it's not a bear. But it's in his house. Bragging on it. You're preaching on it. Some of you like to preach about, like, Pinterest. I, I don't know. Some of y'all preaching on Facebook. Some, but I am tired of people preaching on Facebook, I'll be honest with you. I'm just sick of it because sometimes you say things that it's like, no, you know what? Can't you private message that? We're, we're, how many know what I'm talking You're always preaching about something. You're going to preach about the very thing you love. It's going to happen. It's going to come out. So when I preach about Jesus, why well, I'm compelled, man. And when I'm compelled, that means he's coming through me. It's coming through me. Listen, don't think you're too old to talk about Jesus. And please don't get in this rut like, my time is done, now I'm about to raise, and I can go ahead and move on. Stop it. Because I'm telling you, when I sit in restaurants, it's the elderly people that talk the worst. What? Yes. Because they're forgetting where they were and how they can implement Jesus Christ in somebody else's life and how they can mentor and nurture. That happens. And I'm trying to, thank you. That's what I'm talking about. It's time we start to allow his spirit, not what we want to say, but his spirit to appeal through us. Oh, my goodness. So let me just keep moving on. I talked about two stories last week, the story about Brian and the story about Ra Rochelle, this little tiny Puerto Rican. She's a little Puerto Rican girl from Buffalo, New York. Let me just say this to you. No longer is she set free. I mean, no, no longer is she bound by the gangs. She is so set free. That was over five or seven years ago. Let me tell you this. She not only graduated college, she graduated college in urban ministry, and inner city, inner city studies. She's going back to the streets for the name of Jesus. She's going back. Because why? She knows what set her free. A man in bib overalls with a bucket. Bucket of soapy water and a sponge. Come on, somebody. She knew the cleansing of God that day. That day. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. When I wrote my book, I was looking for her to put it in there. I couldn't find her because she had gone off to college. And now she's mentoring people for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Brian, I told you about Brian. No parents' life, grandparents stood up. How many people remember the story last week? I hope you didn't forget it was just last week. I'm just saying. I couldn't remember where my keys were today, but I remember my story last week. But I'm just trying to tell you that this Brian is not only doing what God's called him to do. He's a youth pastor now in South Dakota. 
How does that happen unless somebody plants a seed and tells somebody about Jesus? And you know what? It wasn't even my seed that I planted. It was a little girl named Danielle in the inner city Crestwood High School, Detroit. She paid his way to come on that retreat. That's the girl he said, you messed me up. Not only did she mess him up, she set him free. Why? Because she was compelled to tell the truth. And the truth will set you free. The Bible says in the King James, Paul writes it this way. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but under the tutors and the governors until the time appointed of the Father, even so we, when we are children, we are in bondage under the elements of the world. We're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time has come, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I'm no longer bound to this world. I'm no longer bound to the elements of somebody telling me what I can say, how I can say, and why I can say. And we have to have a couth when we do it. But when I'm in a restaurant, I'm praying for somebody, and there ain't no shame in my game. I'm just telling you straight up. When I have a kid that's messed up, and you got a guy with a sign, he's a bum, nobody wants to give him money, and I roll a window down, I give him a box, and I say, listen, here's a couple t-shirts. I've been looking at you a couple weeks. I know you're about a large, okay? You're not an extra large. You're not an XL. You are a, a, a small. You're about a medium or large. Here, here's shirts. Here's even a package of underwear. Sir, I don't even know what. I'm just telling you straight up. Here's some deodorant. Here's some stuff. Here's some food. Feed your family. I'm not going to give you money. I'm not saying you're an alcoholic, but I'm going to say it is Jesus Christ. You put it on there. God bless. God will bless you. When you do stuff like that, I'm telling you, man, it'll set you free. You want one of the greatest books about freedom? Ask Mike Cooley. Get one of Mike Cooley's books. I'm telling you, when the freedom of the bondage of the chains are broken, come on, somebody. Jesus stirs you up. It gets you excited. Somebody said to me, why are you so wild and crazy? Because I know where I came from, and it's not just Pittsburgh. I know. How many of you have dysfunctional families? Just look next to you. Dick's functions in our family. My wife and I, we get married. We're up at the altar. I'm telling you, Bernie, just cracked me up. Pastor Bernie, my body. And we're sitting up there, and we're, we're getting married. We're there. You know you're there, and she's there, and she's looking good, and you're just like, mmm. You know what I'm saying? The father gave her away, and he didn't want to give me her hand. I said, give me the hand. Get up front, all the way from the back to the front. I'm a slobbering in it. I'm like, oh, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. One of my uncles in the front going, you better believe that. You don't deserve that. I'm like, no. Get up front. We turned around. We're all smiling at each other. How many people remember the day you got married? Six of you. I'm just telling you straight up. I I will never forget November 8th, man, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll never forget it, man. It was a rainy day, kind of like spitting all over the place, but not inside the sanctuary. Inside the sanctuary, ah, glory of God was right there. I know what you're thinking. You're all thinking, like, what's going to happen? Don't get dirty on me. So, so anyway, my wife looks at me, and she goes, boy, we got a dysfunctional family. I'm like, what you talking about, babe? They're all excited. No, 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 they are a mess. Like, what we're marrying into is, is, I said, babe, why you see? She said, just take one look over your shoulder. It says everything. I looked at my shoulder. I was like, mm. I mean, people like this. So I'm thinking, hey, pastor, let's get this over with. Let's get going. Because you're there. How many people know what I'm talking about? You're married. Dysfunction's coming. You don't think so. You're like, ooh, we escaped that. You forgot about Uncle Billy. He's the one that shows up at the reunion. Come on, somebody. And you're just like, 
Hey, who's that right there? He comes coming every year. Nobody even knows him. Don't talk about, don't look over there, don't look over there, don't look over there, don't make eye contact. I had an Uncle Vinny. I had an Uncle Vinny. I didn't know. It hardly ever came. Maybe twice, twice out of the last 25, 30 years, the Don Giovanni class reunion, all Italian, full-blooded Italian. I look over, I said, Dad, who's that? He goes, oh, he's here. He's here. Don't make eye contact. Don't look at him. I said, what are you talking about? He said, oh, don't make eye contact. Because he's like this. <laughs> Big stogie. Beer in his hand. I'm like, mm, Dad, who is that? Don't look. Don't look. It's one of our cousins that's in the mafia. And I can't believe I'm like, in the what? In the mafia. I'm like, oh. Nobody. Every, he's sitting by himself. He's like, hello, everybody. How you doing? Nobody even looked. Don't look. Everybody got their back. How many have family like that? Don't lie. Don't lie. They come for Thanksgiving. They come for Christmas. They sit by themselves. You know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? But we are called to not reach the Uncle Vinny's. The ones that are there, the vetoes, the ones that are there, because that'll happen in time. I led almost all of my dad's side of the family to Jesus Christ. My mother's led so many to Christ, it's incredible. But it's this, we have to make eye contact with those in the world. Because if we don't, we're not Christ. Christ made eye contact, and once he made eye contact, it was paralyzing. It was like this, and you bring them in. Why? Because there's something in you named Jesus. He's in you. It says this, that the spirit of his sons into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir of God through Jesus Christ. How do you look at God? Like, how do you think, excuse me, how do you see God? And how does you think God looks at you? You know, God looks at you not damaged, not hurt, not beaten. God looks at you through your heart. You know, you can lose a lot of things in life, but you lose your heart. You know, the problem with our culture isn't so much pornography, marijuana, addictions, depression, alcohol. It's not. It's not a problem today in, in, this, in this culture. Everybody wants to say that, but it's not. The problem with our culture is the heart. Because when you get a heart that has a heart, Philemon 1, 20. When you get a heart that's refreshed in Christ, you can get rid of all this stuff. Because if you think you can't, then you don't understand the power and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus. Because you might come into it, an alcoholic, a drug addict, so, so lost, so torn, depressed, there's no hope, and then all of a sudden you find Jesus. And in Christ, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? You're no longer an alcoholic. You're no longer depressed. You're no longer like into selfishness. You are a child of God. And when you get to be a child, come on, somebody, that's good. That's how God views you. He sees the person in you. He sees the person in you. 2 Corinthians 5, 16, because Christ died for all, Paul said, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. We look at them according to the Spirit of God that I can. I can. I can do all things through Christ. I can. And the reason why I can is because he can. The reason why I can is because he can. Can you believe when Joshua took the reins in the Old Testament from a man named Moses, the Mac Daddy of the Old Testament, the guy that parts the sea, the guy that throws his rod down, becomes a snake, eats other snakes, the guy that all of a sudden he can't really, he can't eloquently, and so Aaron becomes his mouthpiece. Uh, come on, somebody. When you can't say it, get an Aaron. 
Get an errand. I'm telling you. Get somebody near you. Start to mentor somebody that can actually speak for you. Because there's times when you can become intimidated. I'm not intimidated by anything. That's why it's radical, man. And don't look at me like, well, you know, I'm 59 years old. I've been in ministry now for 36 years. I've been saved since I was eight. There's no shame in my game. I don't want to hit 60 and looking back at the regrets. I didn't have to smoke it, drink it, choke it, joke it. I didn't have to do that. Why? Because I watched Am I a prankster? Absolutely. I'm the worst. So don't mess with me. But what I'm saying to you is when you have the power to lay hands on is Joshua. The Bible says in Joshua, every place you set your foot, you can claim for Jesus. Joshua, you think Moses did it. Moses was the man. How would you go up with the insecurity of this? It says Moses was the son of none. Who's your daddy, Moses? Uh. I mean, Joshua, uh, none. Oh, you got no daddy? No, his name is none. A little insecurity growing up there. Get a last name like Loser. What's your name? Mark Loser. I'm told I'm a winner, but I'm always going to be kind of a loser. You're not a loser anymore, man. Change your name. Change your name. People ask you, what's your name? Joe Winner. No, your last name's Loser. Not anymore. Winner. Know what your name means. Know the power of your name. Know the power of influence every place you step your foot. Deuteronomy chapter 11 says this. Chapter 11, verse 29 or so, it says this. Every place that you set your foot, I'll give you, and I'll put the terror and the fear of you in the whole land. That means when somebody looks across in a restaurant, and you got so, they got something to ask you to come across, they come across, and you have favor. Because when they begin to ask you, they came there because they saw something in you. When I go to a restaurant and pray for people, after I'm done, I've had people literally come up and come over, and I don't scream and yell in a restaurant. I just pray for people. And when I get done praying for people, there are tears. There are, there's a movement there. God has moved. And all of a sudden, before you know it, somebody steps up and says, hey, I just heard you pray, man. Seriously, I have this problem with this growth right here. And I'm like, I'm not touching it. I'm saying it to myself. I didn't tell them that. Because you got to, you know, you don't have to. It's right here, and you're like, can I pray for you? And when you begin to pray, I've walked into restaurants a week, two weeks later, and somebody says, you remember praying for me? It's gone. Because it's contagious. It's contagious. It's contagious. Let me just move on because I know I'm, I'm getting close. I was in uh, the Bronx in New York. I told you about it. I was in Bronx in New York in bilingual church. Remember I talked about the church? That was almost, did I tell you it was almost burned down, and then gang members came in, and a couple years later, did, did I go into the story right there? Well, okay, I was, I was coming into this area. I flew in from Michigan, though, and I'm doing this big block outreach. I mean, I'm talking, guys, it's a block. It's a block bigger than blocks you've ever seen. Houses on each side, the row houses, and there's a little church tucked in there. Boom. People sitting on their steps now, and they have all the games planned. They have all the food. They have the hair cut stuff. They have all this stuff, the bouncy boxes, big old stage. And I'm, I'm coming down the street, and I'm thinking, why can't I not get through this street and park on the other end? I don't know where I'm going. So I kind of moved the barricade, and I'm in this little tiny car. It's not a little Fiat, but it's about the size of a Fiat. And I'm, I'm weaving through, and I'm weaving through, and people are like this. And I'm like, hey, 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 I'm here. What's up? Hey, hey, and they're like, yes, like, yes, they're like jumping. I'm like, yeah, I'm jumping too in my spirit. I'm ready. And all of a sudden, I go and go, and people scream and scream. Oh, man, you must know who I am. Here comes Randy Dunn. I'm about to minister. And I get to the very end, and there's a big, the popo's there, like his big policeman. And he's standing like this. And I'm like, eh. and I stop, put my window down, officer, how can I help you? He said, 
where are you from? I said, I'm from Michigan. I said, you can tell people kind of maybe know me. They're screaming and yelling. I'm here, man. Where do I park? And he says, you're an idiot. I was like, oh, I'm the man of God. You're an idiot because I didn't say that either. I felt dumb in that moment. Just in that moment, I was like, what's that? Idiot. Who are you talking to? You talking to me? You talking to somebody else? Call me an idiot. That's going through my mind. I didn't say it to him because he's right there. And he says to me, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to turn around. I said, turn around and go back. He says, yeah, because you're going the wrong way. I'm like, going the wrong way? He said, this is a one-way street, man. Why do you think they have all this stuff set up, and why do you think there's barricades? Dude, if I let you go out this end, you're going to get killed because the traffic's going the opposite way. And that's not the right way to go. There's no place to park over there. So turn this thing around and go the other way. I'm rescuing you. I am stopping you. I'm making you make a U-turn. Go the other way. And I'm like, yes, sir. Now I'm going through. I'm thinking, I'm looking at people. I'm crying. I'm like, you ain't yelling for me. You're not happy I'm here. You were yelling at me. He said, man, they were cursing their eyeballs out when they saw you. Get off our straight. What do you think? I didn't know. The music was up. I didn't hear it. I go out of there. I go back. But I'm going to say this to you. That story has this phenomenal knowledge. You listen to this. If it wasn't for that policeman stopping me, I could have got hurt. And I was in a place where I, didn't, I wasn't familiar with. But what he did was he turned me around. Come on, somebody. That's good. He turned me around. He turned me around. He sent me on the right way. He said, you've been going the wrong way, and it looks dumb. People yelling, screaming at you, it looks dumb. And that's our life. So many of us, we go the wrong way, and people think we're a fanfare, like we all that. Hey, what's up, baby? with all that? And people are like, no, 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 no. Crazy legs. Crazy legs. You're going the wrong way. And he turned me around. And that's exactly why I'm, on, I'm high on Jesus every day. You know why? Because he turned me around. As a young boy, eight years old, turned me around, told me I'm no longer like my father. I'm not my dad. I'm not my mother. I have the DNA of Jesus now, and I can move a mountain. Come on, somebody. When you get that in your life, man, you'll understand the lepers in Luke chapter 17. You'll understand that they ran, and why they ran is only one to return. Why did only one turn to return? The only one to turn to return was a foreigner. You want to know what's happening in this world? Reinhard Bonnke will tell you, Billy Graham will tell you, as all of his legacy, there are people saved by the hordes and the thousands and the millions everywhere else. But in America, we become hard. Why? Because in America, I'm not trusting anybody else to preach the gospel but me. And Dwayne Vanderklok. And Pastor Bernie and Pastor Merle and you name them, they're all there. Jake and Andrew and Daniel and all the people that are on staff. Why do you think worship's so good? Come on up, brother. I'm inviting you up tonight. I'm not going to even wait. Last week he snuck up like, like a Holy Spirit on my back. I was like. But I'm just trying to say to you that the reason why you should preach about the very thing that sets you free is because Jesus says he has come to set you free. And it's the word of your testimony, but it's by the blood of the lamb. The word of the testimony sets people free. Let me give you this last scripture, and I'll tie this up. Isaiah chapter 49. I love this scripture. It's powerful. Ladies, let me tell you something. Man, put this in your heart. Can a mother forget, verse 15, 16, 49 of Isaiah, forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has just born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And in this scripture is exclamation point. That means it's pretty strong. You see, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. 
The Bible says in the Message Bible, I have tattooed you on the palm of my hands. I have tattooed you. It's not a tattoo that i got to change the ink and i got to get rid of it because it doesn't look good. But it looks like Jesus. Jesus has tattooed you on the palm of his hands. And if he's tattooed you on the palm, he's got some pretty big hands. Didn't say on his feet. Didn't say on his head, but he's also put in his heart that he shall not, he knows who we are. He's not going to turn against us. He's pushing us. He's pushing us. He's prodding us. Keep doing the things. Do you see the person inside of you? Do you see the person inside of you? Because when you do, there's no excuses. Because when we stand before the Lord someday, there's things you won't get back. Three things you'll never get back in life. Time, it keeps moving. Words, I wish I'd never said. Time, words, and opportunities. Tonight, there's an opportunity for somebody to get fired up for Jesus. There's an opportunity for somebody that thought they were a zero. God says, tonight, I can make you a hero. He did with Andrew. When I saw that kid washing feet, first thing went through my mind was I was nervous. No gloves, nothing. But I knew he was doing Jesus' business. Second thing was this, conviction. Why don't you get in there and help him? And so I got down to help, and he looked at me and goes, what are you doing? I said, man, we're going to help you. He goes, no, you're not. This is my ministry today. And all of us backed up a little bit. And just started loving on the people around and praying with those in line. Because this was Andrew's day. The kid we thought we lost, God says, I got him right on the palm of my hands. Do you see the person inside of you? Ma'am, sir, you're in the workplace. Intimidation's all around you. I can't say that at my workplace. Who says you can't say it? Well, it's kind of discrimination or something. Just say what you say. And not only that, but why don't you just live your life so real? People start asking you. And then start getting on your knees and fasting for your boss. I'll finish with this. I was at a school ministering not too long ago locally. And I went into that school every other week. Every other week. Pretty much every week, but every other week we brought pizza. We loved people. We gave out free food. Man, I walk in the office and I'm like, hey, ladies, how you doing? Hey, pizza's here. Fed the office first, gave them all a couple boxes of pizza and went down. We bought like 40 pizzas every other week. In fact, we bought so much, finally the pizza company said, you don't have to buy it anymore. We're just going to donate it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, when, you pay, when you're spending, sometimes you're like, I ain't got no more money. I'll show up the next week, and they're like, you know what? You don't have to pay this week. You don't pay ever again. You're like, oh, I ain't got no money. God says, I don't need your money, man. I'll just soften the heart of that man. He saw the vision of it. I'd bring pizza, and I'd go in one day. One day, I'll never forget, I went in, and it was, I was only there for, I was told in this church, I was told by this church, we hired you, but you'll never get into schools. You'll never get into schools. We've tried. Nobody cracked them. In two weeks, I was in five schools. I love it when people say you can't. Come on, Brother Bernie. You know what I'm talking about? People tell you you can't. I walk into school. I get it like this. Hey, 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 hey. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, every place I set my foot, I'm going to claim for this school. And when you walk in and meet people, the principal's like, who are you? I said, well, I'm too little, too small to be messing with you, but I'll just tell you who I am. 
I'll never forget this principal. I walked in one day, brought the people pizza. I'm walking out, and he goes, hey, hey, Randy Don, come here. I was under you there three weeks. Three weeks getting to know this man in school, the principal. Big dude. Big dude. I said, what's up, sir? He says, come on back in the back. Come in my office. I got my associate youth pastor with me. I said, come on, let's go. Sean's, like, huge. So I go back to the back. So what's up, sir? He said, let me close the door. Close the door and just broke, weeping profusely. <laughs> I'm a mess, man. I'm a mess, man. I'm a mess. My school's a mess. We need Jesus. Would you lay hands on me? Would you pray for me in the name of Jesus? I'm thinking, oh, snap. Let me say this to you. When people say you, you can't, I can do it. You can do it. You're like, man, you're over. You're a couple minutes over tonight. I know I'm over tonight, but the problem is I, I probably won't come back for a long time. It doesn't matter. I see you wrap it up. No, wrap it. I got you wrap it up. I, I hear what you say. Put a bow on it, brother. I'm just saying. You're being gracious. Wait till pastor hears about this. I ain't never come back. And so what happens is, do we not have the best pastor in the world in this church, though? Come on. Come on. Oh, that's nice courtesy. Oh, whatever, brother. I'm saying yes in the name of Jesus. I love my daddy. I love him. He's like a brother. We're close. He's a little bit older than me, but I love him. You know why? Because when I was hurt, when I left somewhere, when I was down, who called me? Your pastor, my pastor. Come over here. We'll talk. We'll work you through this. I was like, you like me? Dude, we love you, man. I'm like, really? Because I don't even like me right now. Come into his office. He's weeping. We put hands on. We go to go out. We're walking down the hallway. My associate guy, Sean, looks at me and goes, I have never heard about that. I said, Sean, we've only been here three weeks. You're my man. You're my son. I'm going to raise you, but get ready for a roller coaster ride. It's going to get busy. School after school after school after school. Why? Because God says we can. We're Him in flesh, people. When you get to the point where you're disturbing, let me say, how do you remedy this? When you get in front of your mirror at night, you need to look at yourself as the king looks at you. Quit looking at you like you look at you. I ain't got no hair. I'm heavy. I'm short. God. And God's, no, 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 man. You're a giant. You got a fro when you get the kingdom. I'm thinking, whoa. God already told me that. Big old thing, too. Like that commercial where that guy used to walk down the street. How many saw that? I'm just telling you straight up, man. I'll be bobbing. I'll be smacking somebody next to me, somebody right with my hair. And it won't be one of these. It'll be more like boom, boom, like a Q-tip on steroids. I'm just telling you straight up. I walk through there. God says to me, quit looking at yourself. Quit looking at yourself because I see you totally different. I've empowered you. You talk about insecurity. But listen, when I grew up, man, with father not there, I'm telling you insecurity stuff. Come on, somebody. How many know what I'm talking about? But I'm just going to tell you straight up, man. It don't matter if they're there or not. He's there. And when you understand that he's there, man, you can't touch this. You can't touch what God has. You can't move the way you think you move. You can't look down anymore and get dizzy looking at the water because you're about to part it. You can't look at a wall and say, how do I scale it? Because he opens it. You can't look at a door that's shut because it'll open a window. I'm just telling you right now, God has a purpose and a plan. And on a Wednesday night at church where everybody's probably saved, I'm just trying to spark something in you. That we're in the last days. Our culture needs, they need Jesus. They need us. They, they are a mess. Our culture, they don't even know what they're saying anymore. We lost our mind with gun control. I'm thinking gun control, we need Jesus in our lives so that we can have spiritual control because you're a mess.
It's not an issue of the guns. It's not an issue. It is, but it's not like I'm talking about now. It's not like what you have. It's what's in your hand. God says, give me what's in your hand. And as long as this word is in your hand, the Bible says you can change it. And I want to change one life at a time. That's what I want to do. And that's what we should be purposed about. Father God, tonight in the name of Jesus. Father God, tonight in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Somebody needs prayer tonight. You say, you know what? I need prayer, man. I'm at the end. I, I'm not embarrassed. I need prayer. I, I'm, sometimes I get intimidated. I'm insecure. I need prayer. I need prayer and prayer. I need boldness. I need boldness to fight it. I need boldness in the name of Jesus. So you're here. Somebody says, you know what? It's not that I need boldness, but you know what? I need opportunity. Some might say, man, I, you know what? I don't even need boldness opportunity, but I need, I, I need to tell my family. I don't want to leave this earth and think there's one person I missed. I don't want to leave this earth and get to the kingdom. He said, man, you missed one. I want to take that opportunity. And God says, you know what? I won't give you the same opportunity, but I'll come around. I'll come back. It'll be another day, another time. And this time, you better do it. So every head bowed, every eye closed. I just have to ask you a question. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus tonight as your personal Savior, you never accepted. You never said, come into my life. God, I give you my life. I turn everything over to you. Here's the keys. Not only did Jesus take the will. Don't even just take the will. Take the whole car. I give you everything. I give you everything. I give you my house, my family. I'm done. I'm done playing. I don't want to be depressed anymore. I don't want to be manic anymore. I don't want to have this disease anymore. I don't want to have this sickness anymore. The Bible says whatsoever you lay hands on, you believe that you can be made whole in Jesus. If there's one thing that restored, even though a life is decaying, is the heart. It's a heart issue, seeing the person inside of you. Seeing the person inside of you. I need Jesus. If there's anybody, all I need you to do is just raise your hand. I need Jesus tonight. I want that power. I need that authority. I'm a mess, man. I need Jesus. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Oh, God bless you, sweetheart. Anybody? Anybody? Thank you. How many of you know you're saved? You know you're saved. You know you're saved. You know you're saved. You know you're saved. But you're like this. God, I need to do more. I'm not doing enough. God, I'm a grandparent. I'm a grandparent. How much time's left in me, grandchildren? How much time's left in me, God? How much time's left in me with my stuff, my sickness, my disease, my, my cancer? You've rescued me once. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in chemotherapy. Now they're telling me that, that I'm in remission. God, I'm in remission. But during remission, God, I'm going to do whatever you purpose me to do because I might not have a second chance. Come on, somebody. I need to do it, God. If you would say that with me, I need to get more. I need to get more bolder, more, more bold in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm stirred up to see the person. If that's you, honest to goodness, I'm going to ask you on the count of three, just on the count of three, in the boldness of Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray over you. Stand up. One, two, three. Stand up if that's you. I don't care if anybody else stands. I'm standing. I don't care if anybody else wants it. I'm standing. I know I'm right. I know I'm real. But there's sometimes that I, could, I can't play a game anymore. Because you know what? Who sees me? Not my son and my daughter. They don't see me all the time. My wife doesn't even know everything about me because I ain't telling her everything about me. But Jesus sees me. And if Jesus sees you, you know in your heart right now, Jesus, don't look at your partner. Don't look at your mate. Don't look at somebody next to you. Don't look at another girl or guy. This is between you and God. I'm going to tell you something. You can't blame God anymore when stuff doesn't happen. You need to look in that mirror. Because when stuff's not happening, don't blame God when it's not happening. You need to finally fess up and take responsibility that you're not doing what kingdom says to do. Kingdom says you can lay hands on the sick. What? And Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 will never happen. You'll never experience Mark chapter 2 bringing four, four friends bringing a paralytic, lowering him through a roof. You'll never see that. You'll never do that. Why? Because you're just waiting. You're holding somebody else accountable instead of you. You'll never understand Mark, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 where Peter walks through the streets and the Bible says this. It's not Peter, but it's the shadow. 
It's the power of Jesus in Peter coming out of Jesus in a shadow. It didn't say he laid hands on them. It says his shadow began to heal those. And they brought more every single day and every night. Come on now. I want to be a shadow caster. Father God, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Would the rest of you stand tonight and just take somebody by the hand as we go to dismiss? Father, tonight I'm asking in the name of Jesus for those that have stood and those that even didn't stand, but they're standing in their hearts. I understand, Lord. I understand. It's not we're embarrassed. It's just, God, we're not intimidated. It's just maybe we just don't do that. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus tonight for the one that says, I need Jesus. Father, I'm asking you for this young lady's life in the name of Christ. God, pour into her. I, I need you just to repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart. I choose you to be my Savior. I turn from the things that I'm doing. And I make this U-turn. Why? Because Jesus is here tonight. And you've changed my life. And I choose you to be my master, my Savior, in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray for us tonight that stood with the boldness and the power and the authority. It's not me, but it's who's in me. Because I get up in the morning, God, I'm tired. Come on, somebody, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this, man. I have a bad night. I didn't sleep. I had heartburn. I had a heartache. But God, you know what? I'm up. I'm up. And I'm causing hell to shake today. Why? Because the power is in me. I'm causing hell to shake today because what's in my life. And so Jesus, empower us. Empower us in the name of Christ. God, bless your people. Bless our church, our church, my church, your church. God, bless our church. That This will not just be about Grand Rapids resurrection life. But God, it's about Jesus. And we just come to the house to get restored and get filled up because tomorrow is Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday's coming, somebody. Come on. We're about to get busy that we've not been busy in a long time. Jesus, charge up our hearts. Set us ablaze. Set us on fire so that every place we step, every person we touch will know it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I ask you favor. I ask you favor in Christ's name I pray. Amen.